Hello and welcome to The Found Cause, where we found a cause in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Michael, the man behind the machine, and to my right, your left is... Sebastian, the bookkeeper. Sebastian's here in person again. Feels like it's been a while, and because we're here in person, why not take on something incredibly controversial? Something that might get us killed in body, <laughs> but not in the spirit. We're talking about Scientology today, and uh, in case you're unfamiliar, I think it's kind of passe. Like, isn't everybody already over Scientology? This is like a 2005 fad, but... Um, there are still Scientologists around, and Sebastian, the man behind the book, has done his due diligence to dive a little bit into the cult. Um, we'll tell you what Scientology is and its problems and how to approach it um, before I get started. Sebastian, you've done some of this research. Give me some of the lowdown. What is Scientology? Like, if you've ever been driving around the city, maybe you saw something that looked like a church and it wasn't, and it said Temple of Scientology, or maybe you just, you know, or a fan of Tom Cruise, and you know that he's a Scientologist, you've probably heard about something about it before. Let's let's hit the ground running with what's the basis of this cult. Yes. In fact, there is a church, a temple here in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. I ran by it every time whenever I went to drive over where you used to live in Minneapolis in mm-hmm. the past. So you'll see them around. They, have, they host a lot of events. So they're not that tiny of a group. I mean, they're sm- they are pretty small. Like, let's not be fake. They just have a lot of money. So they have a lot of like, mm-hmm. real estate presence, but usually their buildings are pretty darn empty. Sure, sure. And you ask, who is who are these people? These people were founded by this man called Ron Hubbard. After the World War, he was a writer. He liked to write a lot of science fiction. He also participated in the war. And from my understanding, from uh, other reports on his life he wasn't a very stable person as you can tell he could be even just war trauma didn't help at all so after the 40s he decides to continue writing and he writes this book on dianetics which is one of the foundations uh, foundation books on his teachings on scientology what is scientology now what do they believe are they Christian? Fun, fun fact, by the way, you might still see, like I, I use Goodreads as an app to track my stuff and there are um, my, my reading and sci- uh, Scientologists, the, the Church of Scientology, still puts out like science fiction short story compendiums mm-hmm. called L. Ron Hubbard Presents, like best of science fiction in 2023 or something like that. Of course, L. Ron Hubbard's dead, as you noted by his age, he's dead. Um, but they still have like a foot in the, the media creation science fiction space, which is really odd because seems really telling that a science fiction writer might also be able to write up a fake religion that's science fiction sounding. So like, uh, tell us there, but sorry, sorry to interrupt Sebastian. So he writes a book called Dianetics and it's their, their Bible. And other of his writings as well. So mm-hmm. compiles everything, puts together a, a whole world. We'll go over, we'll go over the details when, when we get to that part. Ultimately, I try, I try also using their site, you know, to be fair and not misrepresent them. Obviously, they're going to talk about the nice things about their beliefs. They're not going to talk about the, the ugly things. We'll talk about the bad things later in the episode. According to them, they hold on to special teachings that well, if... We should say, at, at some point in, in theory here, according to Scientologists, um, in L. Ron Hubbard's examination of the universe and contemplation of whatever else, he achieved a, a form of enlightenment, kind of like the Buddha or many other spiritual teachers uh-huh. in which he discovered secret knowledge about the universe and his past life and the earth's true history and that's when he wrote dianetics so he, he wrote science fiction in the past they all agree with that total fiction but 
um, he achieved spiritual enlightenment. How is kind of a random dude, I, you know, beats me, but he did. And he wrote Dianetics, which gives the secret history of the earth and how to achieve enlightenment. So that's where this comes from. Mm -hmm. So, and he was detailed with, um, obviously, a council of friends and other Scientologists and how to um, either teach yourself or with the guidance of members of the church, progress towards we'll call it enlightenment just for simplicity but they're they have their own terms pretty clear clear and ot eight ot infinity yes the different levels of ranks that you can progress in the group and they require a lot of investment not only in time but financially as well we'll get to that we'll get to that later okay so this man hubbard has reached enlightenment uh -huh. what ot8 their version of enlightenment there's probably ideally he's progressed beyond that but uh, okay. and uh, what what does this enlightenment tell us about how the world works how are we saved do we need to be saved the the church tries to answer these questions mm -hmm. so there's this special knowledge that the church possesses and they inculcate you they teach you these things as you progress to other ranks as you invest you learn more why you're learning more you were i'm, I'm speaking <laughs> as if i was a scientologist you were you are a thetan a thetan is a spirit being so you are they believe that we are all spirits and managing controlling physical bodies we all come from this supreme being the Thetans, the spirits, come from this realm. I'm going to call it the realm. Too much, I've been reading too much Gnosticism. Realm of light from this okay. supreme being, this creator, this God comes from. And we emanated from him. And we have created the universe. Thetans have created the universe. Bodies, matter, all these things, everything we know and see. And ultimately, we are mortal. We are born, reborn, possessing, taking possession of bodies in each life and the goal of the church is to teach us how to finally release ourselves from our bodies or any negative energy emotion influence to either just become overpowered have unlock spiritual abilities or just cease to exist and join that supreme being in his realm that's beyond so you get existence. some some eastern mysticism in here as far yes. as like reincarnation um a little bit of i mean i'll say some similarities to the truth in christianity and that is that there is an ultimate god and that we come from that god so we're created by that god um and that our spirits are immortal and we would agree we don't believe in like the mormon sense or the scientologist sense and that we've always been around but we do believe that once we were created we've been around for a while mm -hmm. for, and we will be forever um so that that much i gather and i i track um, but then the Eastern mysticism comes in and that we've been around for like millions of years or billions of years or however long we've been around and that we really come from the like creator we, we weren't really created by him per se. It's mm -hmm. just like we, we're part of him. We're like a shard of, of, of uh, Brahman, kind of like Hinduism or yeah. Buddhism. We're like a shard of, of God himself and that the ultimate goal is to be reunited with God himself, but that God himself is totally inert like he's not 
he's not a he it's really a it it's like a force and it doesn't have any play into what happens in the universe like you said they believe that thetans made the universe not god so these shards of god then made the universe right and directly from this website this is where it comes relevant to us christians man is basically good and salvation is accomplished by you in other words by your works and again this is directly from their site and they have no set of dogmas but rather they follow a bunch of principles and how to live your life how to become a better person so there's some self-help in there that they advertise in their courses and in their auditings auditings are these sessions that we've been alluding to that measure your uh, your your emotions they measure any negative influence from your own state uh, within your own Satan, uh, your own spirit, and also from other spirits, Satan's that may be harassing you and feeding you lies. So the point of these sessions is by investing time and money, you can clear yourself from these. Uh, you get advice, you get spiritual counseling and advice on how to progress, how to get rid of this negative energy, how to uh, become more emotionally attuned to what's being a good person looks like instead of being a hateful or conceited person and slowly but surely you would progress in this life if not in the next or the, after, the one after that to finally achieve what i would call an enlightenment right and become an op an og an, and an ot an ot which stands for operating thetan meaning you're you're operating in that you know that you are a thetan so you are cognizant of the fact that you're a Thetan, and then you, you achieve higher and higher levels. I mean, L. Ron Hubbard really designed it with, like, it's a designer religion in mind as far as, like, it has ranks, very clear ranks that have mm -hmm. very clear level ups. Um, there's a very clear progression, progression system that anybody can do with enough time and money, like you're saying. Um, so it has, like, the way to make money. It has the incentive as far as power structure goes. And it even has a little bit of that spice thrown in there because he's a science fiction writer. So not only does he have this Eastern mysticism, you get reborn again and again and again, um, and that you're, you're trying to escape reality, but also there's a whole galactic backstory, believe it or not. And this is probably what you've mm -hmm. seen from South Park or whatever else. Um, but I don't know if you want to start this, Sebastian, but there's, there's a sprinkle in here, just like, you know, becoming a god is the sprinkle of Mormonism. Um, they've got their own. Yes. So this is the allure. How to become a better person. You know, I guess a lot of people can connect with that. They want to be guided you know, by someone who may appear wiser than them as they claim to be. They have this knowledge. They have these set and structured courses, classes that take hours, you know, weeks, who knows, um, the exact numbers. Years, yeah. Yes, years. And, you know, that's the attractive part. So then once you're finally in, you may be, you may start learning more about the backstory of how this all happened. So all that I told you is that their beliefs so that finally their cosmology makes sense to all of us present because it's kind of wild. Mm -hmm. So millions of years ago, I believe it's in this galaxy, there was a galactic federation, a confederacy, galactic empire ruled by the emperor or supreme leader Xenu. You may have heard that name. Um, what was it? You said South, South Park. South Park. Place else you hear about Scientology. Yeah. 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 And this... A supreme leader managed to convince, trick billions and billions of other either humanoids, aliens, and beings. Who, by the way, they're we all they're all thetans. They all they all have spirits and bodies to come to planet Earth and 
in an act of evil, he made them, he lined up, he, he caused Earth to have a tectonic movement, created volcanoes, tectonic plates, all of that, so gave shape to the Earth in that sense. Brought all these beings, billions of beings, lined them up in near volcanoes, and nuked the, the volcanoes. It's a really elaborate scheme to kill all these people. <laughs> it was a lot, I think, Alright, Hubbard's thinking it's a lot of people to kill, because he says it's like hundreds of billions of people. Because let's not forget, Xenu had a purpose here. The, gal the galaxy was overpopulated, and so he called um, Thanos style from Marvel Universe. He called the the universe's population by bringing the excess population to the Earth. And the Earth was like formless and without void kind of thing, and then he, he drugged them all, put them at the base of the volcanoes, and exploded them because there were just so many. He needed to kill them in an elaborate volcano plot. Why not just drive that same spaceship to the sun? Well, the real question is, he like. He drugs them all to put them to sleep at the base of the volcanoes. He could have just poisoned them all. <laughs> Whatever. He, he nukes he, them all. He is a writer, after all, so mm -hmm. we have to make it more exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. And now, with all the back background that I gave you before, you may now be seeing, you may have realized there are all these dead bodies. Well, they melted and died, of course. But all these spirits are now floating around. But there are no bodies to populate. So, over time, eventually, from my understanding, life would develop back on Earth. And yeah, it's either, uh, yeah, look into it yourself if you really want to know, but I think it's either like some of the people survive, um, but it's like way fewer, right? There's like hundreds of billions mm -hmm. of souls that died and only like tens of hundreds that survived, and then they repopulate the Earth. Or, like you said, like eventually evolution takes place and then there's like smart enough beings to house spirits, thetans. Yes. Us. Uh huh. I would double check on that. But. The, the whole time, just to get the full deeds, the full t whole time, um, Xenu has another plan because he doesn't want these, these Thetans coming back to the rest of the galaxy because, like, the whole overpopulation thing, right? So he um, has indoctrination camps set up. He's got a base on Venus, a spiritual base um, for which it's ready to receive uh, these souls once they die. And so, like you might think, is that they would have escaped the Earth. Well, they don't. They all get abducted and then brainwashed. And being a Thetan without a body is kind of like you're much more susceptible to to being changed intrinsically. And so he brainwashes all the Thetans to totally forget their past lives, you know, all the Galactic Federation stuff, and that they have always been humans and Earth has always been their home. And that they are that body that they're going to go inhabit in a few seconds. And so they all get brainwashed and then they... Like like the Bible describes spirits, they're kind of like thirsty and without water. Like they want a body, they they're incomplete without a body, and so they all glom on to their many bodies in the earth. Mm -hmm. And then we fast forward to today, in which there's still hundreds of billions of Thetans, and there's only seven billion of us, and so there are way too many spirits trying to be inside one body. Mm -hmm. So you must be a member of the Church of Scientology in order to find a remedy for that. As they claim. Yep. And like you said, they, I think they're kind of a victim of their own success in that they used to lure in people with the whole therapy language. Like, become a better person. We'll come into these talks with you. Are you sad? Are you not sleeping? Or like, do you feel aimless in life? Let's go through some therapy sessions. And they bring you the therapy session and they read you with a scientific device. You know, they are Scientologists after all, whatever that means. They read you with a scientific device to determine like how, how messed up you are. And then they go, Whoa, man, you're really messed up. Like you should, you should walk through some therapy sessions with us. 
and then now everybody knows what they're up to so i don't think there's many souls that are tricked into thinking this is just a therapy session because it is a therapy session um, but they record all the sessions they keep the recordings as blackmail they make you reveal the darkest secrets so that you stay in their organization they have expensive therapy sessions they're not free therapy sessions and um eventually we again know like the the secretness of the society has been lost because there's been too many leaks and so we all know what ot8 their top level learns and that is that xenu is the galactic emperor or whatever else so like the mystique has has disappeared from scientology and their secret sauce is kind of lost so that's why they have gone way down even though they made a lot of money from the whole therapy scheme and there's many big celebrities that have been involved with them like tom cruise and uh, john travolta and the woman from from king of queens uh some of them have left some of them stayed but in any case their money is still there but their membership is tiny mm -hmm. so that's one of the problems that you may see with this movement amongst the <laughs> the other the other many the other many problems you want to talk about that uh Just... sure the many problems yes well uh, I'll start with uh, some of their classic problems, and maybe we can get into some of their theological problems, which are not often talked about mm -hmm. on expose, expose tell-alls and podcasts. Um, but the things that are commonly talked about in their exposés and podcasts is the blackmail. So um, Scientologists are extremely, as an organization, they're extremely litigious, and they're extremely um, embedded in the higher-up departments of the United States, i.e. they avoid taxes because they claim to be a church because they are some sort of religion um, another reason to make a more national religion in the united states than just like allowing all religions because here's somebody who told them making something up and then getting tax exempt status um, they get tax exempt status and they um, do other extortion methods to their members because they learn all this information about their members in their therapy mm -hmm. sessions and then they extort them for higher and higher fees they want them to continue on in classes and the classes get more and more expensive and so to do that, they extort them and they say, you wouldn't want people finding out about your affair, would you? You should take the next class because then not only will you get over being a lustful person, but you'll also, um, we won't spill the beans on your affair. And so they have all this dirt, this information. And so the U.S. government starts looking into them in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, and in one of the biggest hacks and document ex leaks, explosions, uh, the U.S. government had a bunch of dirt on the Scientologists, a bunch of tax records and missing things. And they were going to um, prosecute them because cult, dangerous cult, U.S. government likes to take out cults. Um, Scientologists infiltrate the United States government, um, whether members of the United States government were Scientologists or whether there was just bad security. We don't know even to this day. Um, but somehow all the files about um, Scientology as a church, including all their tax history and filings, um, were destroyed in um 70s, 80s, 90s, some, some decade in there. So it's one of the most embarrassing examples of the United States security failures, but also shows you how dedicated Scientologists are to like doing clandestine activity like that. So if they do it to the U.S. government, you know they do it to individuals, whether for money or keeping church secrets or whatever else. But there's just, it's so crazy. And they, they really do mess with powerful people. Like they mess with people like Tom Cruise and famous actors. So... Um, those people are also litigious, they like to sue, and they also have a lot of money and power. And so uh, because of that, the Church of Scientology hasn't been able to fight some of its more high-profile opponents and has had this stuff leaked. And so, again, they're, they're not very popular. But they do harass people on a regular basis. Um, if you're in a popular area where they have um, bodyguards, they hire basically mercenaries to go around and intimidate people who would be exposing stuff about them. Um, they, like... Many videos of people who report against Scientology having their um, like cars burned and their property inspected and people following them all around with cameras and you know, their jobs firing them and whatever else because the Church of Scientology is 
very, again, attacky and they make you isolated and they tell you to stop hanging out with your friends if they aren't into Scientology anymore and all the rest. Classic in, cult behavior. In the scale of emotional tone, that seems like a minus 40 behavior <laughs> that Hubbard would have classified as uh, narcissistic, evil, twisted, and reprehensible and should be exiled from society. Not very friendly, level 40. But they claim it's it's the opposite that the people they're harassing and attacking they're the negative 40s and of course the right answer to evil is more evil as the lord jesus once said i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah so uh that's like their problem on a cultural level but you might also realize and again people don't normally attack this stuff on documentaries because they're so afraid of the of attacking religion because they think this can apply to all religions they don't want to be offensive to other religions but we of course are offensive to other religions all the time on this podcast so um, i think we can we can closely examine the theology of l ron hubbard and see that it's um totally holy and not in a good way first question i would have uh, is a epistemology question that is how do scientologists know what they know well, primarily, it's all from L. Ron Hubbard, their their prophet, ostensibly. And how do we know that L. Ron Hubbard was not just crazy? It's a great question. And as we know from the Bible, uh, to test the, the realness of a prophet, the trueness of a prophet, is to test his prophecies. And so L. Ron Hubbard is not without prophecy. He prophesied at the very end of his life that, um, one, he was going to come back, and two, there was going to be a great cataclysm in the United States, where the Galactic uh, Confederacy did return and that they were going to try to psychically enslave the entirety of the world to once again get rid of the great influence of the Scientologists' um, evangelism campaign and, and wipe us out for good. So Aaron Hubbard was going to come back as a messiah and stop this attempt by the Galactic Confederacy. Well, um, not only have we not seen a messiah-style Aaron Hubbard come back since he died, but also we've seen no sign of galactic confederacy. I suppose Scientology as a religion is dying off, so could be some of that psionic activity, but that's hardly uh, proof of his prophecy. And then equally, just on a evidential matters here, these they use special e-meters. Mm -hmm. They have some name for them, I don't remember. Electrodialysis, they, they, I don't know, something. <laughs> it's just called e-meters, it's for short, so... And they use it to, to measure how many um, how, how negative your emotions are. But as we were alluding to, it also measures how many thetans, other thetans, are on you, um, thinking they are you and making your life bad. Um, they are total quack science. Uh, there have been e-meters that have leaked out to the public and people to test them. And they just they test your electroconductivity. They are not reads of anything. They except for your electroconductivity, they mm -hmm. they don't read consistently better or worse for people who are more clear or less clear. Like they just they don't work as advertised at least. Um, so that's a big negative to the the Scientologist's view because again, they use e-meters as like the whole progression track for you to get better and better. Um, and lastly, the the whole concept just doesn't very much make sense. The whole Xenu Galactic thing. Um, one, the universe being overpopulated is a little hard to believe because we don't see anything mm -hmm. from the earth at least of any of this overpopulation. So there's a lot of empty space out there for you to inhabit. Two, if the Earth was like formless and, and nukable, you know, like he didn't care about nuking the planet because it wasn't much until later, um, why not do that to many other planets out there, right? Like if you're good enough at terraforming to, to make the Earth good, then why not make other planets? And then you wouldn't have an overpopulation problem. And then equally, uh, we are primarily dogged on the Earth because we have been brainwashed and also there's so many Thetans here 
oppressing us, right? It'd be better if there was just one Thetan per person, which is the ultimate goal of Scientology. Xenu didn't get, you know, he didn't get his own job done on him. He didn't have multiple Thetans in him. He was clear. He didn't have this whole Earth plot done to him. He's the one that did it. And so why was he evil? What's, yeah. What's the origin of evil here? Like, he doesn't have Thetans on him. He's a single Thetan. And so... And that's a problem. You might be thinking, yeah. did he trick himself? Did he lie to himself? Maybe. But that will go against the claim that I read from the Church of Scientology that believe that human beings are basically good. Mm-hmm. So why would Sino turn evil right. if he's basically good? And he had no Thetans like clinging on and le- leeching or lying to him. Mm-hmm. So a lot of holes here with their origin of evil, with their their prophet is clearly not trustworthy because of his failed prophecies and his known record of psychosis, also known record of making things up, um, and the fact that he died and all the rest. Um, that's These are all marks against Scientology um, theologically as well. So not only are they crazy and their fruits are terrible, but their theology is also um, testable and, and unproven to the state. You can test to see if the, the e-meters work, and we've tested them, and they don't. Um, you can test to see if we see aliens out there. We don't. Um, and you can test to see if there's anybody in the level higher levels, OT7, OT8, that have supernatural abilities because as part of Scientology's level progression system, you are supposed to, as you get higher and higher, be able to... Unlock spiritual abilities. Yeah, like influence the physical world. Kind of like Christian science. Um, name similarity there, too, in that... Like physical reality is a lie and Thetans have the ability to like change physical reality just like they did when they made the earth and so or in the whole universe and so you should be able to like cure yourself from sickness and not need drugs and and all that and of course we don't see any of that proven scientifically so I understand that Christians also believe in miracles and we believe in the creation of the universe and a lot of people would say that we don't have any proof for our systems, but we also don't claim to be able to control our systems, right? The Lord controls our systems. So the Lord is the one who determines when he does a miracle, and it's the Lord who determines whether or not he reveals things about himself. And so um, we have an excuse there, at least, on why we don't, we're not able to command things out of God. Whereas Thetans, Scientologists, should be able to do this, and they cannot. Yes, on, on a whim, they should be able to do it. Right. Now, all that might seem pretty obvious, and again, I think Scientology is such a small movement that um, we can all kind of point at it and laugh, but I think what we, sh- <laughs> we should learn from this, um, before we get into like straight-up apologetics, I think you can, you can apply these same kinds of apologetics that we use against Scientology to any other religion of similar origins, right? A single prophet who you can check to see if they have a failed prophecy, like Joseph Smith. Uh, is any of Scientology consistent with the truth as it claim to be? Um, you know, Mormonism claims to be consistent with the Bible, and of course it's not, so that's a way you can disprove it. Scientology doesn't claim to be consistent with the Bible, um, and it's not, so, <laughs> okay. But they do claim, they like let in Christians and Buddhists and whatever else, because they, they claim that they're all kind of sort of pointing out to whatever the true God might be, um, but they've just got all the details wrong, which honestly isn't very tolerant at all. Like, I say the same thing, I guess, about any religions right like they all believe in god so they're like kind of one step of the way there but all the details they have are wrong so i guess i am equally as tolerant as scientologists in that front and how do they know how do they know what is true because mm-hmm. from my understanding the supreme being has not communicated with thetans he doesn't i don't think he speaks right that's what i needed if i'm wrong Ron put Hubbard. it on the comments but yeah 
So all that being said, I've been blabbing on for a while, Sebastian. Let's talk apologetics. If you meet a Scientologist or even somebody in a similar style cult, um, what do you do? How do you approach it? What would be your first couple steps? As you've been pointing to, what is truth? Would be a great place to start because they claim to get their information either from this higher realm of existence or from from Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And it would, it, would, it would be great to start. What are some things that he has claimed? Are they true? Have they come to pass? Did he come back from the dead as a messiah to save us from this galactic empire? No. If he was wrong about that, is he wrong about other things too? It might be difficult to to engage with someone who has been so invested in Scientology because remember a lot of money mm-hmm. goes into from one of the courses I forget exactly num- which number from OT7 OT6 I forgot it's 9,000 pretty much $9,000 that you have to just drop for the course so it's a lot of money and they have been they may have been conditioned to not engage to be very receptive of different ideas right because we in their theology we are basically agents of the enemy were demonically possessed and so Mm -hmm. you're trying to attack them to bring them back down so that they don't um, come to higher knowledge and overthrow Zenu. yes Yes. and i ask you christian how do we know what we know why do we believe in jesus why do we believe in the virgin birth or the prophets in the old testament because unlike their deity our deity spoke Mm mm-hmm he spoke things into existence and has also communicated with humans for many thousands of years. That is a huge that is a huge difference. We take that for granted, but and unlike Buddhism, no, in Hinduism, their their deities communicate, but in, in Buddhism, the the universe does not communicate with its creatures. Whereas our God cares, mm-hmm. and another glaring problem is their escapism scientology like buddhism and sometimes hinduism is very escapist it's like agnosticism too physical body terrible everything's terrible mm-hmm. i would Escape. say it's on a on a it, it might be a lighter i don't know i don't know do you think it'd be a lighter topic no probably not lighter at all to talk about how in for in a christian worldview the your the reality your soul and your body are deeply interconnected mm-hmm. and your body does affect your mind and your soul if, if you get hit in the head or whatnot so the way you act the way you express yourself that gets affected because it's deeply connected what's going to happen when the lord returns he is not going to make us all into angels and take us up into heaven he's going to make the new earth mm-hmm. new bodies and we will live forever, but, but it will be both uh, body and spirit living with the Lord for eternity. Right, which you have to correct some Christians on, because some Christians are also escapists, just waiting for the end, waiting for these bodies to be destroyed and to live as angels in heaven forever because they they take traditions of men rather than the actual the words of the Bible. And so we also have to combat Christian escapism. Um, and should should a theolo- or Scientologist or any other fake cult um, point to Christians and make fun of our escapism and we should rightfully denounce escapism too we are not to be of this world but we are not to be taken out of this world just as jesus prays for his disciples right and speaking of that same jesus god took on human form he lived like us i mean not like a sinner obviously he was without sin but he walked this earth he spoke communicated clearly 
in person and also through the prophets in the Old Testament. So he has spoken clearly. We can know truth because he has told us what is true. That is why we believe what we believe, because he, the source of knowledge comes from him. And also he has told us our condition, which is basically not good, which mm -hmm. is the opposite of Scientology, which is, is basically good. That's what I would say. That would be another key area to be prepared to engage and to offer a biblical perspective. You leave it to the Holy Spirit to work in the heart of that person, but you need to address these points that the body is not evil. It's been tainted by sin for sure, but it is. Not, but matter is not inherently evil as they might claim. We can know the source of truth and life, and also. Uh, it's not some Satan that is influencing us or some external source that's hindering us. It is our own nature that is evil. Right. And no self-help, not paying one million dollars, not attending social gatherings or trying to become a better person or meditating is going to fix that. The creator of the universe has given a way out, pun intended, for that very same problem that we're in. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Well, I'll just hammer it home because how can I not tee up the gospel there? Uh, the way out for Christians and what should always be given to anybody, regardless of what movement they're in, is that the Lord Jesus Christ has been sent to the earth. And everybody's heard of Jesus for the most part, but they don't really understand much about him if they aren't aware. Uh, he is God incarnate. So he's God's son. God remained in heaven when Jesus was on earth. He didn't stop being God in heaven or anything like that. He's one member of the triune God, three parts to God, uh, three persons and one being. In any case, Jesus Christ was both man and truly God. And because of that, he didn't suffer the, the faultiness of humanity. He didn't have the sin of humanity. And when he died, he gave him his life up. He says it in the Gospels. He says it in the Bible that he's not just being killed. He's giving himself up to be killed um, so that in his death, we might all die with him. I.e., we, when we die, would normally have to accept the just punishment for our sins against God. Our inequity before God needs to be punished because God is just. But um, because Jesus did not have to pay that price when he died, he was perfect and died perfect, um, We can, God can punish him in, in death. He can punish him and put all the sins that were supposed to go on us on Jesus because he has no punishment to give of his own. And then we can be acquitted because Jesus died in our place while still making God just. So God can acquit us and say that we can live forever with him and be remade into perfect beings um, without being unjust because he put our punishment. He still punished us for it. He just punished us through Jesus Christ. So Jesus takes our punishment. So if you hide in Jesus Christ, accept him as your Lord and Savior, you are not only reborn in this life, remade in spirit in this life, now a spirit that desires good instead of evil, but you are also guaranteed life everlasting and life to come. When this flesh dies, you'll be given a new flesh in the new heavens and new earth. So that's that's the gospel you give to any group you talk to, including Scientologists. And a quick note, you only have this life to do that. It's not as if to a Buddhist or Scientologist or Hindu. It's not, okay, okay, maybe in this life I heard you, I'll think about it when I'm in one of the, oh, how many hells were in Buddha? Five hells in Buddhism, I'll think about it there. And when I'm reincarnated, maybe I'll be a Christian. No, 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 you, can have, you have this life to get your act together right. and trusting that same Jesus Christ. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, it's been a while since we did an episode like this, um, you'll know that we highly suggest a basic form of apologetics for ba basically any group you talk to. And that is address 
a hook of whatever they're coming to you for, you're coming to them for first, but always dive into the gospel afterwards. So for atheists, if they say, if God is real, you know, prove it to me. Give one piece of proof, but don't don't be obsessed. Don't go into a four-hour debate um, without having talked about the gospel in that four-hour debate. Don't get into a debate about the age of the earth without having pushed into the gospel immediately. So we say that the same thing about Scientologists is you should use one of their issues as a hook in, whether it's the fact that we are in, we are inherently bad. And I think that rings more true to the whole Scientology message anyways, in that Scientology says, you are bad, like you're messed up. Let us help us fix you or let, let us help, yeah. Let us help you. Let us help us fix you. Um, they say you're inherently good, and that's why they can fix you. We say you're inherently bad, which I think is more true to reality, and that you realize something is wrong with you. That's the reason you went to these therapy sessions in the first place. Um, use that hook and to say the Lord knows, like we have fallen, and the Lord has a way to get out of this inherently badness of of you, of our spirits, um, and then push into the gospel. Or is L. Ron Hubbard really a prophet? And then push into a true, the true prophets uh, of mm-hmm. God and what they say about humans' yeah. origin, problem, and solution. You hear the allure. I know there's more to this life. I want to know. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to someone who has been to the great beyond, or you know, at least exp- claims to experience it. How can I know more about this? You can use that same thing that got them interested in Scientology to talk about. Well, yeah, the creator of the universe has spoken to us and told us. And you can show evidence. And then obviously you want to talk about the main message that he has given us for this life and what we must do. Mm-hmm. And that that any Christian can do. That's why we recommend it as a, as a method of apologetics. Because one, you never leave a conversation without pointing to the gospel because it's always step two. Um, and two, we believe that any Christian really knows the God or should know the gospel really well, even if they don't know the particular cult that somebody's in very well. So if you can pick up like one thing from that cult, you're already doing pretty good work. And if you know as much as you've heard on this episode, you've you've more than enough. Even though you mm-hmm. don't know every detail about Scientology, you don't really need to know it as long as you can push into the word after addressing a little bit of Scientology, because we all agree that the word of God is true. Christians, that is. All agree that the word of God is true. It is a sword that cuts flesh from bone. And so it never returns void. Even if somebody doesn't say they believe in the Bible, um, it still cuts them. When somebody says, when you point a gun at somebody and you say, I'm going to shoot you, uh, and they say, I don't believe in guns, you can still shoot them and they'll still get shot. Like it doesn't doesn't change the fact that the bullets hurt. And so when you speak the word to somebody that says, um, repent and believe in the gospel and be saved, or you give a truth from God's word, it will cut them because they really are a creation of God. They really are made in the image of God. And so even if they say they don't believe in the Bible and they don't believe in God or they don't believe in your words, if you speak truth to them, they'll hear it, um, even if they reject it. We're talking spiritually, by the way. Just FYI, no real guns are involved. No real guns are involved. This is a spiritual sword, a spiritual gun, spiritual weapon. Um, And so we want to wield them for the sake of saving somebody we don't want to just shoot somebody for the sake of shooting them um for example there are there are scriptures that talk about how those who reject the gospel are damned and you can use those but there are some fundamentalist baptists like stephen anderson and others who use them as a way of just condemning like they they say to homosexuals they say they, they quote the line that says homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of god and they leave it at that they don't give the gospel they just they just say like you're damned you suck um that's true and like the bullet has been fired but you didn't do it to heal that person you didn't do the call of the gospel um you did it just to to damn them so we shouldn't take the fact that the word is a weapon lightly but know that it is a weapon and that's why you can have faith and confidence that when you 
pivot to it really fast, like without justifying the Bible as a source, it will still have effect on your your opponent. Whether it's a good effect or a bad effect is up to the Lord, but it's going to have an effect. It's not going to return void. And the last ingredient, very important, just for two seconds, before you're about to engage the person, ask God to make your intentions honorable to him. You're not there to slash people left and right spiritually <laughs> or physically. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having too much fun with I'm just having too much fun with that. And um, you're not there to score points because if you're there to debate, you probably could score a lot of points. So, but you're not there to do that. It's something much more important than um, our own egos or just for fun. It's something serious. So, turn your intentions just for two seconds. Ask the Lord to uh, make this a productive conversation and may it be honorable to Him. That will change your tone. And again, just to bring it back around, you can do that for anything, but to bring it back around to Scientology, I, I think if I met a Scientologist, I would immediately ask them about L. Ron Hubbard and how do they know what they know, because I don't think they often think about the source of their knowledge. I think they just think that they, like somebody, like their teachers or whatever, have the truth and that it is just true. And they're mm -hmm. really excited about learning new knowledge, this hidden knowledge. They feel smarter than other people and they're learning new things. It appeals to that kind of personality. Um, I would immediately question that source as my hook and say like how like where did L. Ron Hubbard get this knowledge? How do you know that he's telling the truth? And then when they stumble, I'd say here's what I believe, and then immediately pivot into the gospel. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would personally take it. Um, I don't know if you have a different hook. You you I think you like the good people bad people hook. That's another yeah. one. Yeah. That being said, do you have any closing thoughts on Scientology, Sebastian? After everything we've said, there really is no self-help book or course that you can take there's only one way and he is the good shepherd he uh, cares for his sheep and loses none of them if you are broken in pain or if you need to be broken and need to be in spiritual pain then the lord actually will make himself manifest in your life he will bring healing and restore us to what we were supposed to be mean his com complete image and he has promised to take away our evil desires if not in this life completely in his kingdom where we will be able to live as we were intended to and enjoy his presence forever in the meantime he is ruling this world right now he has given us tasks to do to build his kingdom prepare the way for the king and I mean ultimately it's all for his glory but um, to enjoy rightly the things that he has created in this life and in the next so we commend all to turn to that one true king Jesus Christ the Lord of Lords creator of the universe creator of all living things and all matter everything in the universe and a someone who will if you trust repent and trust and dedicate your life to him he will call you friend beloved and welcome you into his kingdom and that is why we found our cause in serving that same lord jesus christ i've been michael the man behind the machine and to my right your left has been sebastian the bookkeeper thank you for listening and hopefully they don't come sue us they probably won't i don't think they have the money to, to handle somebody who doesn't make any money on youtube anyways um if you want to see the rest of our episodes, you have to go to foundcause.podbean.com and nod them off your listening pleasure to help our stats. Otherwise, you can just go to YouTube and 
Facebook and iTunes and Spotify and wherever else you find your podcast to look at us and hear us out. Um, I recommend you turn us down to maybe 0.75 speed if you want to hear me because I've heard that I'm really fast and Sebastian talks like a normal human being. So maybe you want to turn it back up to one for him. Uh, I love two times speed. It's a personal problem of mine. Um, So handle it as you will. And now I'm just rambling, but uh, we ran our first ad campaign on a Mormon video a couple of videos ago. If you're wondering why it like spiked to 580 views and uh, good for Theodore, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a Theodore only video and it, it did pretty well. I mean, we, we used ads on it. Um, it's the first time Found Cons has ever used ads. So we are officially like negative $200 with all the equipment and the ads <laughs> in this whole setup. So just know we do it for you, dear viewer. Until next time, we talk about something completely different, I promise. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.